Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. But it's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plant. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a matter of time release week. Well, actually, this set released on Friday and this is going up on Monday. Uh, I am your host, Chairman Charlie Plain, and was the lead designer on A Matter of Time. And today, I have with me, for the moment, one of the assistant designers, uh, Make It So winner, Mark Morris. Say hello, Mark. Hello. Uh, We're hoping to get John Corbett, who was the other designer from Matter of Time, but he's not here right now, so we're just... We've been trying for like three weeks to record this, and I'm not putting it off again. So, Mark, you were on the show previously after winning Make It So. And let me ask you the, the big question. How does it feel to have your expansion be out there? It's really sweet. It's really, really sweet. <laughs> has it? Okay. So, I mean, it has obviously, it obviously hasn't been played yet. Um, yeah, that's what I'm most excited for. It will be tournament reports for next weekend to see what gets played and what doesn't get played. I'm really curious to see. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us, I was there, obviously, so why don't you tell the audience, um, from your point of view as a, a new designer, a little bit about how this all came about. What was the process like? And So there was a few hurdles right out the gate, I remember for sure. Um, just kind of where do we start? How does the process go? When do I start making full cards? That kind of thing. Because <laughs> when you when you go through Make It So, it's just like, okay, I get to make a card every day or every week. You know, I'm making at least one card fleshed out, full text kind of thing. And then when you start a project, you're like, well, we need theme. We need, uh, you know, more context to it. What's, what's our goal and all that kind of thing. And we kind of touched on that in the final challenge of Make It So, but not to this extent so well, a lot of it was changing pace it was extremely accelerated too even in the final challenge i mean it was like two weeks to get the whole <laughs> thing done <laughs> and i know it was it was this particular expansion was was supplanted by tapestry so the right. yeah. the idea was that uh we were going to be right after lineage and then Chris came to me, Chris Loban came to me and said, I want to do this TNG thing. And we're like, oh, that'll be cool. So there was even a, you know, a longer wait from when you were you know brought on board to when we started testing. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but it probably <laughs> drove you a little nuts. <laughs> it's, it seemed like it took a little while, but I think it gave us more time to rethink and think through some of our crazier ideas that we had. So it was, it was good. It worked out in the end. So, so just give... 
give everybody listening an idea of what it was kind of like week to week for you. Um, okay, so I would more or less just get a new challenge or topic um, from Charlie, and he would say, okay, well, we need this kind of a, a niche for this expansion. So we'd say, okay, well, let's see what we got. Um, for for example, the first story was, or first challenge was, give me the episodes that have time travel in them. And so we kind of dove into that and we listed, you know, 30, 40 episodes, however many it is, quite a few. And then we said, okay, good. That's That was it for that week. And I was like, kind of like, well, I want more. When do I make cards? You know, and so it was, uh, it was, it was good though. Um, but I would I would be sitting there itching at the bit, waiting for the next challenge, so to speak. Well, well, let me ask you this: just just give me a rough estimate uh, for the people who are listening. Um, how much, what percentage of your time working on Make It So was actually spent writing cards? <laughs> uh, percentage wise, yeah, I would say twenty percent, maybe. <laughs> I, I think that's that's pretty close. That's, that that might even be a little high because yeah. I think a lot of people think design is just writing cards and then you know that's it and it's it's so much more work than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it is the researching. R- researching is a big part of it. Uh, you know, we would pretty regularly get together on Skype or Google Hangout and do meetings and go through the cards card by card or mm-hmm. play testing report by play testing report. And that's just talking for two hours or three hours at a time, not even really writing cards, you know? Um, and then that's not to count all the cards that you write that never, that either don't make it or don't make, don't make the file in the first place or don't make it through play testing. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that was really really new because you don't really get play testing feedback and make it so so to have have play testers actually testing your cards and you know either tearing them apart or suggesting alternatives you know it was it was a good a good differentness to it um how <laughs> I, I, a lot of first-time designers i've talked to and i know i felt this way it was like you just kind of wanted to leap through the computer and smack around some play testers for not getting it, you know, and then you find uh, out that they were right. <laughs> <laughs> there was, it was definitely one or two where I was just like, I do not want that person play testing this set, set anymore. They're just not understanding. And then it was like a week later. It's like, Oh, <laughs> I wasn't understanding. Yeah. Because you have an idea of how a card should work in your head, but it doesn't mean that's how it actually fleshed out. So if if they're playing it this way and you're like, well, that's that's not what's supposed to be happening, but they're actually reading the card. You know, you're not reading the card. <laughs> that famous saying, read your cards, you know. <laughs> it, it's, it's very easy to uh, read what you want to read and not read what it says, you know. Yeah. You can get attached to these cards and it, it's tough sometimes not to take the feedback personally, especially on this expansion, which was not popular with the playtesters for a long time. There was, there was a lot of playtester hate, that's for sure. And I, I think you know, I, one or two times, it was definitely a few times when I was just like, this is sucks, you know, like, why are they being so negative? And, uh, 
but it eventually, you know, like just whatever, you know, get the feedback and deal with it. I think there was a few times we had to ask them to focus more on actual like numbers and not just what they hate or don't like. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting part of the process to say the least. Well, and ultimately the whole the thing that, that you have to remember is we're all trying to do the same thing. You know, we're all trying to make good, fun, interesting cards that aren't broken. And, uh, you know, they want the same thing we do, and they're just looking at it from a different point of view. And it's their job to tell us everything that's wrong that what we give them. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I, I did give them props already. Like, this expansion would have been a total disaster without the playtesters. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure a lot of people want to know, what was it like working with uh, John? And for that matter, what was it like working with me? <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, I I've come around on it. Like, he he is opinionated, and I think that's definitely a good sign, or a good thing to have on a team. Um, and the uh, what did he call it? Uh, hedge head sledgehammer, sledgehammer mentality of not just tweaking a problem to see if it goes away, but actually just hitting it so hard that it's gone. Um, it. It took some getting used to, and uh, and I definitely pushed back a number of times. But I think in the end, I, I've grown to appreciate John. I, I think he has good good ideas and, and that kind of thing. And as for yourself, Charlie, it was just more of like I was just leeching off your mentorship. You know what what can you teach me? Being so new, so anytime it was like I'll submit card, be like you'd be like, nah, it's not so good. And then I'd reply really quickly, but why? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you guys were both. It was interesting because this was, this was the first time, I think. Someone's gonna post that I was wrong, but I think this is the first time that that we had two brand new people, and no, I mean the only experienced person was me, right? And because of some of the schedule delays, I didn't have as much time to put into matter of time as I've done in other stuff. I, I mean, I was also leading Snape for one at roughly the same time, so. It, it, I, I definitely put in, I mean, this was one of the few times that being unemployed has actually paid off in my favor because I was able to put time in both projects. But um, I, it was interesting having two new people because it was a lot of, you guys forced me to explain stuff. And in explaining things, I was forced to challenge why those things were the way they were. You know, yeah. they, they say that when you start teaching, you, you gain a new understanding of the things just subject matter and i think that was kind of true it was you would ask me a question or john would ask me a question and i would answer you and then you'd be like well why and i'd start thinking about it and push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit so that was really nice to have happen yeah. why why can't we have another non-headquarters ship huh? <laughs> why not who says so <laughs> well that's all brad but <laughs> well i think um I was really hoping John was going to show up, but we'll uh, just start talking about the cards. And sure. I'm just going to go through some of these cards and tell stories. And uh, feel free to jump in at any time, and I'll ask you some questions, and you can ask me questions, and we'll go from there. So um, the first the first card is uh, the space version of Show Trial. And there's oh, a... Yeah, these... These two were really late additions to the set. 
right the two of them yeah yeah there's the adversarial trial and standing trial and and it's interesting these were um these have been sitting around in the cut file for a long time i think these were designed with i want to say these were designed with tacking into the wind and we, we punted them from that set because they weren't ship related and they just sort of sat around in the, the we have a we have a, a file that's just cut cards and in there it's sort of classified as these are these are ready to go these need a little bit more testing these were atrocious these need a lot of testing um, and so I don't remember what we cut late but we ended up needing we ended up meeting one card and there was another card that we were debating. Oh, one of them, we had a, a skill based timey travel secret identity card that. Oh yeah. That I, one where was card jumps all over the place. And yeah. Got, I, I liked it, but it, it just wasn't, it, it was work. too complicated. It, yeah. it worked. It was just like, you had to read it four times to understand what was going on. <laughs> and that's never good. So we pulled that and we pulled something else and we had had these two just sitting around. I was just thinking you actually, one of the challenges that make it so was to make a card that you could just insert quickly into an expansion that open us opens us up a slot. And this is exactly what happened is we opened up a slot. We needed a quick card that would just fit right in there. And these two dilemmas, I think were really cool. So yeah, they ended up nice. nice. You know, they're not temporal themed, but they fit well here as well as anything. So cool. So ingenious jury rig kind of goes hand in hand with uh, enforced quarantine, and I'm pretty sure enforced quarantine was one of your make it so cards or close to yeah. it. Yeah, very close to it. So, what do you remember about these? Um, I remember there was even a third one I think where we had stopped dilemmas from going back, and I remember some of the feedback was okay. Really, it's just Shran and McCoy. Do we need more cards to stop it? Then there are cards that can do it. <laughs> I think that was one of the talks we had. But uh, I think the dilemma ended up going through a lot of iterations. Didn't yeah, wasn't it an event for a while? Yeah, they, I think the event was the third one that got cut. You might I think be right. We decided we liked the dilemma and we liked the mission. Maybe I was the only one that liked the mission. No, I liked the mission too. I mean, the the, the mission was in the mission was one of the cards that really it didn't change. Like we we tweaked the wording because the playtesters had found a loophole with uh, what's the card that pulls the lemmas back and unsolved the mission. Oh yeah, favor the bold. <laughs> yeah, they had found a loophole where like, well, I can play favor the bold on this and uncomplete it, but I don't have to return the dilemmas. So we had to fix that. But other than that, the the mission was... I don't even think yeah. creative changed the story on it. I think that was what we had sort of picked early. We started with that and, and it stuck around. Stayed, yeah. yeah. But I think with the dilemma, we kind of talked about putting dilemmas in core and we, we agreed, and as it's been said on the forums, that bringing back old feelings was definitely a, a pro to this expansion. Let's do that, you know? Yeah. Cool. And I can't wait to use greed and draw that extra card, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I, I know this was, I think we tried a space version of it. It went through a lot of iterations. and The skill changed it a couple times. I did like the, 
you can stop Shran with it before it goes in your core. In yeah, the play I think that's of how it. we settled on transporters. And yeah. then I think whether it was Art or somebody put this ingenious jury rig in, like gave it the title and the flavor, and it ended up being awesome that, you know, Scotty overcomes this dilemma, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so that takes us to Overburdened, which which I saw described as uh, Legacy That Kills. This was oh, yeah. a this was sort of a it wasn't super late in the process, but this was never an early card. This was added later. No, and the the play testing on this one we changed the cost a few times, but the play testing on this one seemed that it was super effective. You know, like we kept getting a lot of feedback saying it's too effective, too effective. It's killing so many that uh, I can't remember if we tried to increase the cost or something to that effect. Yeah, it it went. It went up and up and up, and it finally we we realized it was too high to be useful, and I think that's where we tried to let's try a consume on it, and it's it's a good dilemma, but I mean it also can whiff completely if you run into somebody using skill dilemmas. Right, right. So two kills. It's it, I think you know we were hearing that it was between one and two kills per 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 use. Yeah, that's what it was. Is that you were getting pretty much two kills every time out of it. And uh, and then that was giving us concern for costing, but I think we had a lot of debates about well, just use skill dilemmas, and and then it does nothing, you know. So it's hard to, hard to say. I think it's I think it, I think adding the consume put it in a nice happy place, you know. And uh, if you get lucky and kill three with it, then more power to you. So yeah. pivotal destiny. Um, this was a card. It won. It was in there early, because the the two mission wins were out of control. It, well, I don't think they were out of control. I think they were they were really good, and there was really nothing in the game to do anything about it, you know. And, and the the Enterprise loaded for bear didn't didn't help anything, but yeah. uh, that's a separate issue. I I think we locked onto the idea of scoring more points for, for, for two mission windex early. Uh, I think at one point this required a skill to and stop somebody. And I remember at one point we were just like, we're overcomplicating this. <laughs> that definitely happened. Yeah. I, I mean, we, you know, we have four, we have six dilemmas in here. Four of them require skills. I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, there was a lot of concern about, well, I'll just use Donatra or Kirk or whatever on this. And, oh, well, you know, that's part of the game. You can't, we can't make every dilemma immune to. But no, but like that's good. The choices we want, this counters this, and this counters that, and this counters that. We want it to go that way. I hope the game is going that way. So there's even more choices. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this, as you said, with... Um, Ingenious Jury Rig, this is, you know, all the playtesters were saying is, well, I'm going to put old feelings in my two-mission wind deck. We're like, great. Put more cards cool. in your two-mission wind deck. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know, it's an interrupt. I'll use my holding cell or I'll grav trap it. And that's that's wonderful. That was good good dynamic. So. I think one of the things I said at one point was like, okay, so you're doing a two-mission win. You're obviously getting bonus points. Let's just make you have to get a few more bonus points, you know? <laughs> or not spend them as recklessly. Yeah. So. Cool. So, um, 
workforce was like was one of John's cards. Um, it's pretty much as time escape with a skill. Uh, this was this was one of the cards that a lot of testers were like, "Why are you making this?" Um, I just felt like it was. I know I felt like it was. We could have cut this. I'm glad that we didn't because I think it's different enough from Timescape to be interesting. So. Yeah, I agree. I like that card. Yep. So, Boon of the Celestial Temple was uh, hotly debated this past week. Um, what do you remember about this card? Still, my favorite picture. The entire set. It's so it's good. my favorite card, other than a ship. Yeah. It, it, I, this this makes me want the old decipher diffraction foil. You know. Totally. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Something about this card? Yeah, oh, it, was, we, it uh... was it was pretty poorly received in the community, which I have to admit surprised me. Yeah, I know I don't get what's to not like about this card. Well, there are certainly a number of people who believe that Ducat, uh, non-aligned Ducat, is a terrible card for the game. I can't agree with that. Um, <laughs> He's a necessary evil, and that's kind of his thing. You know, like the parade was a necessary evil to make the show good. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine I mean, he, he's really there to regulate the board more yeah, than there's anything. There's a few, a few decks that need to, you know, get in check with. You know, he's good. To, he's a good card to be out there. The problem is, is that we're seeing him in every deck, right? Well, and that I think it was. I understand why he was made not aligned, but I really wish that he wasn't <laughs> for that reason, so that you couldn't just put him in every single deck. Um, we'll we'll get to get over here in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's another excellent card, but but I, I just admit, classic major deck was hit really hard by Ducat. You know, like it became an unplayable thing if you actually needed people in your discard pile to use half your abilities. And we said, let's fix that. You know, here's your chance. Yeah. And I just I don't we you know we've we've looked at Errata to Ducat and you know there's been lots of suggestions and maybe it'll come back around to that but I thought I thought this would be a a, a well received weapon for Bajoran players and it just seems like they can't give up their strong I mean I get it I certainly get that you feel oh well, now I have to stock this card in my deck and and I I understand but I was I have to admit I was a little surprised at how uh, how negatively this card was received. Time will tell. Rituals. Um, the new ritual template was pushed pretty hard by the rules committee. They really wanted to streamline and clean up the rules on rituals. And I think we in design, and this this may have been before you um, recruited in, we, we felt like the way rituals were, we couldn't ever do anything more with it. Like we could never really add any or, or do anything interesting with that mechanic. Uh, what do you remember about the design of emanations? Um, I remember us looking, this is right around the time we were talking about that um, Maki verb abuse thing. Yeah. And we wanted to rein it in and there was separate design thread like exclusive matter of time talking about rituals, you know, like what are they supposed to be? How do we get them to do it? And I think um 
I think, you know, the word ref card is thrown around a lot. And, and I guess that's what rituals are. Some, some people even call them that. Um, in, in the end, I think the cleaner text on them is good all around, good for new players, good for less confusion, all the above. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we tried this at a couple different power levels, but I think it settled on a good spot. And the big advantage of the new ritual template is we can explore rituals as a design space more. Sensors are reading gravimetric fluctuations, Captain. Most unusual ones. Unusual in what way? Specify. Nothing I have seen before. Is it a wormhole? Yes and no. Like a time displacement. But it does not have a discernible event horizon. Sir, navigational subsystems are unable to give coordinates on the object. Confirmed. The phenomenon does not have a definable center or outer edge. Are you saying it is, and yet it isn't there? I do not have sufficient information to make an analysis as yet, Commander. The dynamics of the radiation pattern... Captain. Something's happening. A new change in sensor readings. Mr. Data? Scanning sensors. Uh, lineage is another outstanding picture. Uh, Johnny really, Johnny and the team really delivered on this one. Um, yeah. I think this started out as... This one came a long way. This one was a lot more like tacking into the wind when it first came out. Yeah, it was another like choose one of these three options. And, yeah. Uh, it just never felt right. And, uh, you, you know, we have this tradition that we always put a card in the in a subsequent expansion named after a previous expansion. And so we knew we needed a card called Lineage. And the other rule about that is the story for that card never comes from what the source of the title was. So Lineage was the Voyager episode with um, Bellana and Tom's baby, and she's thinking about like genetically engineering it. And uh, we were talking about, well, what other story could it be? And I think somebody glommed on to uh, Picard's Family Christmas. I think that's what this card was called in testing, Picard Family Christmas. Right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And so we we had the idea of putting the AU icon on there because there we 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 had had an AU team in the expansion early, and it got cut for a couple different reasons. But uh, we had kind of light AU content, so the idea of putting an AU bonus on this was was uh, thought of, and it became more of a uh, uh, what's the the board card with seven on it, starting over mm-hmm. variant. Yeah. Instead of attacking there, and I like where it ended up. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Um, you remember reliving the past and what we called it in testing? Reliving the past. Yeah, that's the uh, return to dilemmas from your mission to score five points. Um. It was it was Wimpy's mantra. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'll gladly pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. <laughs> Th- this card didn't really change. I think we wrote this early, and it never really changed. It just sort of stayed and got tested and was like this. I think the pl- playtesters didn't really see much of a use for it, but this card almost became a full-blown... We could have easily taken this mechanic and made it run through the whole expansion if we'd wanted to. And I think I hope we open that up. I think I think it's a new costing 
mechanism that we can look into for future cards. Cool. Let's uh, we'll talk about relativity in a bit, but uh, curious companion. This was sort of a different approach to the the quote unquote Schran problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the development of this card? This was the third card I was thinking of before. We didn't actually remove it. I, 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 yeah, I think that the, the, the dilemma of that ingenious jury rig was at one point an event, and John and you that's yelled at me enough to change it back to a dilemma. So. <laughs> I think this one was the, you know, we'll beat him with a carrot or stick or something like that. It was like, okay, well, you can either punish him for doing more or you can reward yourself for doing it. Uh, yeah, that's where this one came from. Mm -hmm. and, well, this this originally it also brought back. I think you know what this was two cards that we put together. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we had we had like six or seven interrupts in here for a while, and so there was this one which let you score points when a dilemma was returned, and there was another one that was like a a Fajo's Menagerie variant for temporal cards. That was was that was a little too good, and so we we took the recur a temporal card part and the the other part of this and put them together. And this was called That's Not a Cat in testing because this was the image I had had in my... Yo, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just sorry for the haphazard nature of this, folks. We're just kind of remembering stuff as we go. John had written this female as a as a personnel card. Oh, yeah. That's with, with, with the ability on it. And I was like, I don't think we're going to make <laughs> cats ever... So I was like, let's let's make it an interrupt. And he was like, okay. So it was called That's Not a Cat because, you know, that was the story here. And it, it stuck the whole time. And I think at one point, Creative put the cat from another episode on here. <laughs> and we were like, can we really do the the scary Egyptian hot chick cat from Gary Seven episode? And, and that's what we ended up with. So Next is yeah. Get Over this, Here. And you were going to talk about that. Skipped over mouthpiece. Oh, we did. Sorry. Uh, mouthpiece, this was... I had no idea what story we were going to put on this card when we wrote it. <laughs> like, I think it was just, you know, I think that game text was really early on. <laughs> we were just like, well, we want that in the game, but how are we going to get it there? We don't know. Yeah, I think we added the integrity boost later because everybody was saying it wasn't worth playing. Integrity? Oh, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that getting at it. Yeah, we, that was well. Uh, John had wanted it to be a cunning boost, and then we we said, well, they already if they get acquisition, they already get cunning from um, commodities, yeah, from Tulaberry wine. So it's like let's make it integrity because they're all shady. And yeah, this this was a most of this expansion was a was sort of top down design where we thought we need to make some cards from this episode, and we put game text on them that fit. This was one of the few cards that was, we wrote the card because we wanted to see it in the game and then sort of said, eh, creative, we'll figure something out. And this, this works. And I, I know Johnny was joking in the chat room. Uh, he wants to see dead founder as a commodity in the future. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So um, disconcerting displacement. You had mentioned this earlier. It was called Get right. Over Here. Tell me about this card. This one arrived late, actually, in development. 
Um, I know we always talked about the stay-at-homes and what we could do against the stay-at-homes. That was from the beginning. We said that's that's something we'd like to address. I think it was Samuels. Is that the guy's name? The Nathan guy. Samuels is one. Yeah. Charles Tucker the third is one. There's quite a few. There's, there's a lot of them out there, and I think I think it was Samuels was a hot hot topic. So I think that got some light to it. But um, we just really said, okay, how can we how can we do something about this? And this card I think started out as a dilemma, actually, where it was you know, flip it over and name a personnel. And if that personnel is not here, then they join the attempt and then it gets a little bit crazy. And I think we ran into a rules issue about dilemmas, you know, only being faced by certain people and you couldn't do anything to anyone outside the mission attempt or something like that. So it, we, uh, we were having a meeting and we wanted, we liked the idea of getting that person off the headquarters and making them, you know, viable to be killed. And I think one meeting we were just talking about, it, and then it was like, I think John has said before, it was just boom, boom, boom. This is a card we got, and, it, and I love it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a power card. It's going to be really good. But yeah, it was, I think John told the story about it a little bit in the Section 31 he did, but this was, this was one of the, the cards where, you know, why, this is one of the textbook examples of why we have voice meetings for design because if we hadn't been doing that and all been feeding off each other i don't think this card would have ever been printed no. i think we would have just cut that dilemma and and given up on the idea but because we were all together and feeding off each other's energy we we built this card in like five minutes it was awesome Sweet. historical monitor i have a regret about this card in that i think we just burned up an awesome equipment image <laughs> I think I made that uh, that device was actually in my make it so equipment expansion. I think it, I don't remember what. It, oh, I let you look at the next dilemma that's about to come up. Nice. Well, and uh, I, I don't remember how how it turned out, but yeah, that was that was pretty much the image I was thinking in my head in that make it so card. Like, yeah, that's the device right there. But. Uh, this is one, this one used to be part of the Fajo Menagerie Temporal Event thing that we actually ended up splitting up, I think. Mm -hmm. This one used to have the ability to download a Temporal Event and then let you draw cards too. It was pretty much Fajo Menagerie, but for Temporal Events. And I think it uh, it became too strong um, or it was just only, ooh, nothing happened. And that's all anyone was doing with it in playtesting. Mm -hmm. it, it was... A little, there was a there was either that or there was another card that people were looping like mad, mm -hmm. and uh, we had to get rid of it. And um, John came up with the idea of the the peekaboo text. Oh, that's John. Okay, because I remember one morning I just came in. Maybe it was you. Was... It might have. It was. It was somebody. No, I think it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I thought it was you, but it might have been John. <laughs> but I just. I remember I came in one morning, and that text had been added to this interrupt, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's such a cool thing! I love it. That's great." Yeah, and we, we, this was one of the cards where people were like, "Make it simpler and get rid of that." And we're like, "No, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Deal with it." <laughs> I, I kind of look at this as a, a mechanic we could build on in the future too. So, you know, peekaboo. But uh, we had an equipment in here. I remember the playtest name was the TARDIS. And it, it did something <laughs> yeah. like it added the future icon to people. And it it was crazy 
crazy broken with hindrance and then we tried to write the card so that it didn't work with hindrance and then it just became lame so it's just as well that no 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 uh equipment versions of daniel's little temporal thingy in the future so <laughs> preposterous plan was another one of these interrupts that we wrote a bunch of temporal interrupts early because it's like we need a bunch of temporal cards in a time theme set and uh i think this was reverse con for the longest time yeah. And it didn't have the order on it. We added the order later to just have some sort of stony effect. And, and this was a card that I was very, I would say, meh about the whole time yeah. until Johnny came back with this art and Matt came back with this creative. And it's, <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite cards in the whole expansion now, just because of the story on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just the flavor text is just gold. <laughs> I know we we gave serious thought to changing the name to now wait just a damn minute, but <laughs> yeah. I think we didn't because we'd have to move the cards around on the the sheet, and <laughs> that was bad. So, what do you remember about the missions? And we'd already talked about enforced quarantine, but <clears throat> any of these missions uh, stick out at you uh, as anything interesting? I think the you can play a temporal event minus one. I think that one started out as you can download a temporal event on your first turn. Maybe it's not, maybe that's a different one, but no, I think I, you're right. Cause it was, and, I, and that's where we had, it was temporal event. And then we changed it to temporal card. Once we put the temporal keyword on the, the relativity. Right. Because we had a version of them where pre prevent historical disruption didn't download the ship. Right, um, and so we yeah, put there was that another on. card that got the ship or something. And then for some reason we we switched away from that, and then so we didn't need two cards that downloaded temporal, and so I think we just took the riff of the uh, assault maneuver and commodity versions of this mission and put that game text on there and and called it done. So, but this was Davidia too. The 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 data's head story was. That was one of those. It was always going to be on a card, yeah. Yeah, that it was, was one of the early things we identified as a story we liked. Yeah, we we, we that was the, what you were talking about earlier with the research. We picked three or four time travel stories that we knew we needed to have in the game somehow, and, and that was one of them. So it was it was a foregone conclusion that this particular location was going to be in the game, and the same was true with agricultural assessment. Yeah, we knew we were going to use the triples in time or whatever it was, but. Um, I don't know if we ever, I think the game text on agriculture assessment started out as something else. I remember, I remember pitching it as like, I want a mission that calls ships out. I want, I want ships to fight. We need to get them off their headquarters and like somewhere to draw them out and fight. And I think um, this, this ended up exactly where it should be. I know, I know the first draft was definitely over the top. I wonder if I could find it, but probably not. I think there was, there was one version where it was, Whoever has the bigger ship there gets some carrot, and then whoever had more ships got a carrot. And I, I like where it ended up, and the art is simply breathtaking. And and you know this is this for the long, I think up until like the last revision, this mission had a region on it. Uh, I want to say it was Klingon neutral oh, zone. Yeah. Klingon, Klingon neutral Cause zone. Because we, yeah. we were going to make K seven later, and mm -hmm. somebody somebody pointed out that secure strategic base 
should have that region too. And we're like, oh man, dang it. Cause, but yeah, so the, and then that was fine cause it made the card look cleaner. So it, uh, it was good. Um, contact mysterious benefactor. We added pretty late too. We cut down and then needed another yeah. card. And this was, this story had been used. I wrote not this mission at all, but this story. Uh, was on a mission that I had written for Lineage that we had the species missions in Lineage and this was one that had, you know, two of this skill or a Sulevan and we had written three or four other Sulevan and that they didn't they didn't go to print so we booted the mission too and I know when we were looking for a card I remembered that mission so I pulled it out of the cut file and put a timey, wimey game text on it and it seemed to work pretty well and a, you know, another nebula mission is always fun. So you can get forty-five points out of this with uh, hurried no, departure. Fifty points with hurried departure. Temporal disturbance was another mission that was always going to be in here, and I think this game text was on it pretty much from the get-go. I think the only thing we changed was the original version had an artifact skill in it. Oh yeah. And that was a little too good for uh, Klingons. <laughs> yeah. Um, provoke interstellar incident. Let's talk about the dual headquarters stuff. <clears throat> so provoke interstellar incident by itself, anyway. Um, I always called this one the sledgehammer. This was the the nail in the coffin kind of thing. Um, in playtesting, we got a lot of pushback from some of the concepts we had for a quote-unquote referee mission to handle two or more headquarters. I think we had, you know, negative three counters on a turn was one iteration of the card, and I was just like, if you had two headquarters, you couldn't do anything, couldn't even play your ships that were in your deck. Um, the debate is still out there, and I think with all the dual HQ cards we've added, and, and I'm really hoping what it does is actually open us up to more dual HQ carrots, because now there's a counter to it. You know, we can say something like, oh, if play this, you need three Klingons to play this card. When you play this card, all your Romulans are cunning plus two. You know, like, we could encourage dual HQ now, because you know, oh, that's a really cool card that I want to use. We can, you know, balance the power that's going to come from this because there are dual HQ hate cards out there and that makes more choices. You know, if we continue making both those cards, cards that encourage dual HQ and cards that hinder dual HQ, I think that's good for the game. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of people who vehemently hate these cards and, and I, I, I don't, I don't want anybody to hate the cards and think that we're ruining the game, but dual headquarters has never been risky enough ever. And, and you know, from, from day one, Dual headquarters from Premier through Call to Arms were dominant. Necessary Evil put in some anti-dual headquarters stuff, and it it pretty much worked until Voyager came along, and all of that, all those anti-dual headquarters cards that whiffed against Voyager stopped being used because Voyager was really good. Mm -hmm. Dual headquarters has never been risky, and now there are some cards that are decent cards that I can use in my deck and don't hurt me for including them that can make dual headquarters a little bit harder to play. And, and do something to the dual headquarters before they start attempting missions. That was something we identified, is that 
dilemmas work good and all, but if you already done everything you need to do to set up to make the dilemmas a joke, then who cares, right? So yeah. we needed something that would affect them early on. The uh, the debate that goes around, you know, this makes fun dual HQ decks, you know, not good, but it's not it's not the fun dual HQs. It's the oh, I added Ferenginar to play Brunt. Oh, I'm just using Starfleet to score an extra ten points when I do my first space mission. Like those are the ones you should not be able to do. You know, those are the ones that you need to think now. Oh, I can't actually do that because I'll get hit by those dual HQ hate. You know? Well, and the other thing is, it was either this or we banned dual headquarters. And I don't and think then, no, anybody that, wanted that. that. No. That'd be, that would suck. And, you know, the jury will be out on these, and maybe we'll be eating crow in a year. Could uh, happen. I, I don't think that's the case, but if it does, I will, I will happily eat that crow. Bed alert! Full power to shields! Shields are up! Functioning. Initiating evasive maneuvers. Gamma sequence. Ready, phasers? Enterprise D, has your captain returned safely? Acknowledged. Captain Picard is safely aboard. Fire phasers. Firing phasers. Report. One Klingon bird of prey off the starboard bow. So Cass Drummond was uh, John's card. I will just say that I was pretty happy and amazed that Creative let me keep that title. Because uh, it's a Star Wars reference. It's the name of the is Sith it? homeworld in the new, the Old Republic, the online game. Uh... This was a, a Bring Sexy Back card that uh, John was pretty passionate about. and uh, this, this one went through a lot of iterations, too. I remember, we couldn't, we couldn't really figure out what it was we wanted to do when you played Cultist Attack. The, the version that I liked that we didn't get to use, uh, it was something about... I think we didn't use it because Michael Van Bremen broke it. Uh, <laughs> was... You play it, you kill somebody, and then whoever removes the most interrupts from their pile scores five points. Right. And there was some crazy loop where Michael was able to basically kill like your entire OA team and score forty points a turn, and it was it was it was bad. And uh, you know th this is this this is one of the ones that's it's pretty like I'm gonna beat you over the head with how we're bringing sexy back. Uh, but it, it worked out. I think it'll be fun, and it'll, it'll make assassins, Bajoran assassins, a little better, which at the very least is cool. So, um, the next card you had written an article about, which was excellent, by the way. But this is this is one of the more subtle bringing sexy back cards. Talk about Yaltar. Uh, Yaltar, um, uh, can we just point people to the article? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. Go read the article. <laughs> Go read the article. But basically. Uh, I didn't expect a Terragnor on this guy. That came later in, in the development, which was kind of cool. And, and in the end, it's, it's pretty awesome to have a new Terragnor personnel. Um, it was Conscription was the card. Like, okay, so the first guy we had was download Conscription and play it for minus two. So it was basically play a free Conscription. And I thought, that's just so boring. There's got to be another way to make it exciting and, and do something with it. And I think I was just driving and maybe talking to Keith at something, and it just kind of came into my head, like, well, what would be the point of putting Glins on your deck? What can you do with that, you know? And so we said that we're missing the point here. Let's 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 put the Glins on top of your deck and then play them for free. Play them for free, you know, like instead of the, just the cards. So uh, the order changed, and 
I'm really happy with the end result of this card. Yep. So each ebb, I'm I'm skipping the relativity and enterprise C stuff for now. Um, each ebb and nog, both sort of came about as as hole fillers, but not late hole fillers. It was it was more of a we don't really have any Voyager or DS9 stuff in here, so what can we do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, each, each ebb was a nice companion piece to to Naomi, uh, and, and I think we wanted to add a couple more Fed future Federation people for the Relativity deck beyond the, you know, four that are in that episode. <laughs> I remember the uh, the Echeb was, I don't know, what it was. I remember asking a question and then you and John both jumping on me like, what are you talking about? And it was because I'd never seen this episode. I didn't know there was an Echeb of the future. <laughs> and oh, I was right. confused. I think maybe like, why are we giving him a future icon? I, I get we want to put him in the set, but that seemed a little strange. So I went and I watched the episode anyway. So I learned something new that day. Yep. I remember that because I thought you were just insane. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's from the same episode as... Well, yeah, it was it was funny. So, And Nog, I don't think Nog... I think Nog got added about halfway through and he pretty much stayed the same. He's he's pretty uh, basic. You just, you know, I always like making more defiant captains and... He he ha- he carries on the tradition of the subtitle, so he works. <clears throat> All right, let's jump down to uh, Grawl. He was another guy who went through. We didn't really know what he was going to do for the longest time. I think uh, when we were bringing Sexy back, we kind of just identified. I, I'm pretty sure almost all the cards were in zero decks for a long time or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit off, but Veiled Threat was definitely one that was in no decks, I think. <laughs> and we were saying, okay, well, let's let's give something for the Frankie. Um, what, what can we do for Veiled Threat? And this one went all over the place. <laughs> you know, download it, play it with, with the simple ones. Uh, I think it, extra it, bonus. it gave you, it, it added rule at one point, which was another crazy loop that some playtester had found that I don't remember offhand, but. Add a, oh yeah, add rule to Veil Threat, that's right. Yeah. I yeah, think I it ended up in a nice, happy place, but. I but, think this uh, was almost like three days before we said final cut, but we just said, I know, what if, what if it can't be canceled? That's pretty cool. Or it was, no, the idea was to guarantee the bonuses from Bail Threat. And yeah. I think it was somebody else said, well, why don't we guarantee Bail Threat? Then it's actually worth having in your deck. It's not going to be canceled. Like, oh, yeah, okay. So, yep. It's an attribute boost that, you know, because uh, nobody ever uses it for that, but uh, Rule of Acquisition 33, the interrupt, the uh, never hurts to suck up to the boss. Yeah. It, it can give you attributes too. And, you know, Nobody ever uses it for that. Everybody uses it to put acquisition on there. But this is now an interrupt gain for the Frangie that can't be killed. So, moving on to the Klingons, Belana was was pretty much John's creation from the get go, and I I think she, I think we added the once per turn limit late. Yeah. But other than that, she pretty much was the same. Stayed pretty consistent. There was a funny story about one of the playtesters asked why her cunning was lower and said something about pregnancy brain, <laughs> baby brain, baby yeah. brain. <laughs> and like everybody, all the you and, and Chris Loban was on the boards and somebody else was like, that's a real thing that really happens. It makes sense. 
and totally <laughs> works yeah i think it's just because you put on the red once you put on the red you got to be dumber yeah you, you just get dumb <laughs> uh Terrell was interesting this was sort of a uh so some of some people were like why are we making two Terrells in a row and it was sort of because even though our expansion came out after tapestry this yeah, card first. <laughs> this card was written first <laughs> and he was originally from us. he was originally he dealt with the sword of Kalis and that that mission quest for the sword of Kalis. and it was it was something about if you have quest for sword of Kalis, your sword of Kalis can't leave play and it was it was dumb and bad and so we were like let's let's find another card for the Klingons and I was like well what about what about treachery Klingons? And I love no peace in their time, but it sucks when they get torpedoed. Let's make it so that it doesn't get torpedoed. So you can like murder Jadan to keep your event around. And, and I think he ended up in a good place. And I know this is I one think... of Matt Kirk's favorite pictures. I don't, is it already uh, a thing or not, but this whole letting the treachery kill Klingons kill each other to, to do things is that is that kind of their mechanic or i've never tried them no that's that's kind of new and i kind of like I it think, i think we could grow that i think we could grow that i i think it, it it vaguely reminds me of like kca mirror universe feel so i don't know <laughs> if we ever go go to do that but um but anyway but yeah so this Terrell was written first and then tapestry was looking for TNG Klingons to put in, and I, I don't remember who suggested making a Terrell that was crappy young Terrell. And I was like, eh, we'll have two in a row, but that's okay. You know, they're very different. <laughs> Somebody, was it Matt who was telling me, you you play young Terrell to download old Terrell and then use multi-dimensional transporter device to swap it? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just pretty funny. To me, so. Uh, hilarious. So the Children of Time uh, they became the anti-dual headquarters stuff, but that was sort of developed late. Th these guys were always in here. Yeah, story-wise, they were always apart. And I know at one point they were they were really top-down. They were like, Miranda O'Brien was something like, when your Miles O'Brien is killed, remove her from the game or something. Or when any player's Miles O'Brien is played, yeah. or they had cost discounts when when named cards were in play, and they were just they were just stupid. They weren't working, and so we were going to cut them. When I don't, you know, we were we we had been working with just provoke interstellar incident as the anti-dual headquarters stuff, and somebody said, "Let's make some personnel with anti-dual headquarters abilities." That's when we figured out the whole dilemmas are too late issue. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, let's put it on the, the children of time are like from two worlds. Let's let's put it on them, and that's what they got, and it, it pretty much saved the cards because otherwise they would have been cut." For sure. Harry Mudd's smiling face finally makes his appearance in 2E. <laughs> um, there were two versions of this, and this was the one that the testers liked better. So this is the one that we went with. I like how the two creepy, slimy guys are next to each other. <laughs> uh, Mazer's smile is just pure gold. I don't. I don't think he ever had a different a different ability, did he? He just the number of the discounts fluctuated a little. Yeah. yeah, I think it was free. I, it was minus five at one point, and it was minus three, and I think we settled on minus four, and it worked pretty well. I think the playtesters came back with minus four was still too cheap, and we just said, "Yeah, but for what? Like, what's the big deal? 
you get the alien gambling device. Okay, go for it. Let's have fun with that. Like, I think let's the, make it happen. The, the biggest complaint was uh, Hugh. You know, it's a five cost equipment for Hugh, but eh, you know, that's not that big a deal. You can still run email, and that brings that card back out of the binders. So, well, what about equipment malfunction? That's what I just said. Email. Oh, <laughs> you and your acronyms. Uh, I have a funny story about Doctor Telecrimore. Um, so we had written him. We we knew we wanted him in here because there wasn't a lot of time time stuff for the Romulans. Although in hindsight, I might have done Admiral Picard and Commander Troy and Commander Data from that Barrage episode, but we'll save them for later. Oh, you never told me that. That's sweet. Well, I just it just just occurred to me recently. But, <laughs> oh, just... <laughs> well, I think we had we had played about bringing the twenty second century Romulans in too, and we just decided that that we didn't want to we didn't want to burn that up now, and so we like let's do another Doctor T. It's been forever since we've had one of him, and. Brad had started this thing a while ago. Uh, he calls them designer tests, where he would sort of post a challenge or an idea on the designer board, and everybody would write a card for it. And a new version of Dr. T was something that he had posted like two years ago. Well, when we were like, let's make Dr. T, I remembered that. And we went looking for the thread, and we went, we had written one, and he was bad. It's like, let's go looking for that thread. And we went looking through it, and... Uh, there is a playtester who I will not name, who has also been a designer, and so was testing this expansion and had been on the design boards. And we picked that person's version of this card to put in the testing file. And <laughs> that person was extremely critical of their own card. <laughs> 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 which I just found funny. And and it, we ended up changing his ability and, and he, he tweaked around a little bit. I think he had the Voyager icon on him at one point and we took right. that off for the game text instead, but it's a fun version. It's a nice little Romulan card. The next version will play to a Federation ship. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a nice riff of the original. You know, the original one plays aboard your Romulan ship, and this one can go to the, the Delta Quadrant, and, and maybe he'll make the Romulan, uh, maybe he'll make a Romulan Delta Quadrant deck show up somewhere for somebody. So, <laughs> totally. uh, Daniels is one of those examples of a top-down card. Daniels is actually the first ever card I put into Utopia Punisha for a real expansion. So. I, it's weird because every time I look at this card, I'm nostalgic. I'm like, ah, oh, I love that guy. Like, <laughs> that's the card. That's the card I made. Yeah, it was. It was like we knew we wanted Starfleet. Daniels is the obvious timey guy to put in a Starfleet color. I think you wrote this card. I think we tweaked his skills a little bit, but this was like, what does Daniels do? He never goes away. How can we do that? Play him from the discard pile. Brilliant. Print it. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Pitch, <laughs> like it. Let's do it. And then I think his skill's got a little bit of tweaking. And, yeah. I think this is one of the best top-down cards we've ever produced. So. All right, let's talk about uh, these ships. And then we'll talk about the teams and the groups. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up because we've been talking a long time. <laughs> Hopefully this okay. is interesting, folks. Uh, this is kind of a different format for us. But I, I, 
Mark Rosewater, who designs Magic, he always puts up an article when they release an expansion that tells card stories. So I thought, let's, let's tell card stories in a podcast and, and see what, what happens. The Taluno was another Bring Sexy Back about, card. Learned a lot about line of defense in talking about this card. And it was so underused, I was just really unfamiliar with its text. <laughs> This I think this was one of the ones where it started out real. I think it was just this ship is plus attributes plus two while you have line of defense, something like that. Yeah. And everybody's like, "This is terrible." So I think this was one where we just kept adding things to it <laughs> to try to make it less <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was like, now you can't blow up your line of defense. Okay, now you can't. Now it makes your generals plus two, which I think was John's brainwave. Yeah. And that was like, we'll try that, and if it doesn't work, we'll cut it. And it, we, they put that in, and it was, it was play tested well. <laughs> yeah, play tested well, and it, like this is sort of a subtle encouragement to dual headquarters too, because you know you you only have the the two generals in Bajora, but if you splash into uh, Dominion or Klingon, you can get more. Yeah, and I think it's a fun card, and it's a really, really, really cool picture. This this card started out as another version of the Katara, I think. And I'm really glad whoever whoever knew to change it from another Katara, <laughs> so we have that option available. Was, was thank you to whoever that was. <laughs> yeah. And that takes us to the Enterprise, which is one of it's probably my favorite image in the whole expansion. And uh, it was another it wasn't a super late ad, but it was a middle of the road ad because I think we, we had at, like, every now and then we asked the play testers. You know, what are your top five cards? What are your bottom five cards? And what are you missing? And I don't remember which group it was, but one or two of the groups said, we want an ISS Enterprise. And I was like, oh, yeah. And we really had we really had very little AU content after we lost that team. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's make an Enterprise. And I didn't, did it do this from the start or did, it did something else, right? <laughs> no, the first one was ridiculous. The first, <laughs> one, the first one was murdered. Like, everybody that was cost one on the board, I think. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, hey, you're playing Gadance? Oh, I just wiped out your whole deck. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. That one didn't play test too well. <laughs> and, and so we were debating, we were debating making another Kirk. Yeah. But but we sort of ran into the problem of there's no way to make another AU James T. Kirk that will be better than the current one. You know, because he's so good. He's really good in that AU Starfleet, AU TOS deck. So I think that was when we sort of locked on the idea of what if the ship named its captain? And then we, we the text tweaked a little bit at that point, but I think I mean, it works. I think it was John or something. It was like, well, that's the whole story. It's like, they're always fighting over who's leading the ship. Like, let's, let's let you decide who takes over the ship. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's like the enterprise and the Tantalus field all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. So let's talk about enterprise C briefly. I know that was more John's thing, but, uh, it, it, it went through a lot of changes. It was not, uh, it was, it was, disliked and then it was liked because it was really 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 probably too good and then we changed it and it was disliked and then it sort of came back to this is all right pretty good so what do you remember about the enterprise c development i think these ones i was kind of always 
meh about, you know, like whether that was some some sort of slightly seated jealousy that John had put a whole team into this and I didn't or something, you know, like that. But I was always <laughs> like, all right, fine, I'll I'll look at these guys, I'll I'll give feedback. Um, it was funny because like you and myself were both like, yeah, it's gonna be a cool team, it's gonna be a cool team, 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 and John repeatedly, it's not a team, it's not a team. <laughs> And so we eventually came in and said, yeah, you're right. It's not a team, but we'll just make sure they all have past icons and <laughs> all these things, you know. So it's still up in the air whether or not it's a team. Well, uh, they don't they don't play together, right? I mean, they're right. not they don't share a mechanic. They don't they don't help each other out. They're, they they just they're they're more like the gatherers than Equinox. You know, Equinox yeah. all works together. These guys are just they're all people from the same story. They don't affect each other too much, other than I guess Rachel and uh, Shooter. But uh, they each have their own ability that you could splash into any TNG deck. And I think that was one of the things that changed my mind from them being a team. It's like, well, this guy has this skill set, and I'm making a TNG deck. Okay, I can grab that past TNG guy. I can put him in my deck. I don't have to use any of his other team. I can put him in my deck, right? And uh, and then we tied them together by having abilities that may boost each other if they are together but you don't have to go that route kind of thing and i know early on i sort of insisted that these guys be tng uh i I don't throw my weight around as the lead very often but it was like if we're going to do these we need to make them tmg because it's sort of lame that they're earth to start with that the c and rachel were earth and uh, i think that the main tmg made them interesting so, it, the, you know, time will tell. I really like the ability on the ship. I know it was kind of lukewarmly received when the, the card debuted, but I think it's very flavor. It's a very top-down ability, you know. Hey, you can pop somebody on the ship, so. Yeah, I think it was like a enterprise, uh, damage enterprise kind of lets you do that, too. I think the idea come broad from that. Yeah. I know we didn't. We put the risk, the limit on it because it felt way too good to have uh, another mobile headquarters. You know, another another mobile reporting engine. Those are really powerful, and they need to be um, carefully regulated. Well, so. I think what ended up happening is it molded into the flavor of you know, oh, Tashiar came from the future. We've added one person to that ship. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool that way. So you know. I've talked about the relativity a lot, and it it was spoiled early, so people have had a lot of time to, to see it. What 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 are your thoughts on the relativity from your point of view? We haven't heard from you, so. Oh me, eh? um, I'm glad I got to put a lot of feedback into it. I think Brad's first first go at it was I didn't love it, um, and I know it went this way to extremes and that way to extremes and then it had to be reined in and reined back out. And I like, like that it it grew into something that was much more collaborative than the first set. You know, and I was kind of worried when I first read it. I was like, okay, well, this is Brad's niche and Brad is Brad, so it's probably going to stay pretty similar to the way it is. But I learned very well that nothing is the way it's going to be <laughs> after it gets to play testers. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's going to change. <laughs> so um, that was good. But in the end, I really like the that we we stuck to our guns on this the there was certain times when playtesters really hated a version and uh, i think that was during the times of kirk being very abusable on the relativity 
and uh, we just I know we had one of our sit downs was are we cutting relativity is it is it not it's time does it need more play testing and I think we stuck to our guns and said no you know what change of plans let's bang out new iteration and say play testers focus only on relativity this week you know like we, we don't have time but let's let's make this happen and I'm, and I'm really glad we did and I'm really excited to see how it goes and I'm really excited to see who breaks it first because I'm still concerned that we didn't test it enough even though we tested the hell out of it you know <laughs> so. well so so a little bit of like I talked about where this came from but the the original version um the card that is temporal transporters that spend two counters to take a guy out of your discard pile that was on the ship that was the ship's ability yeah. and that was like crazy, crazy, ridiculously good. And so we had the, I don't remember whose idea it was. It probably was mine, but I don't remember. Uh, I like replicate for some dumb reason. I always try to find a way to use it. I was like, what if we took that text off the ship, put it on an event and, and basically added a point of failure to the mechanic where, you know, my event could be prevented. And I think that took the power level down enough to make it good. To make it playable, like you could still use original Thinker Kirk and, and Temple Transport him on the Relativity, but you couldn't. Your opponent can stop it. You know, like you could stop it before with Ducat, but now he can cancel your your Temple Transporters, and you don't get the Kirk. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I know that this 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 version there was a version where you could play it with a Headquarters mission, so you could play, you know, Earth and the Relativity together. And that that was tested for a while, and that was interesting because it was the relativity board deck that was in testing. Well, yeah, that was that was a, that was dumb at one point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was. I think that was the main reason that went away because like playing it with Earth had its own risks because anybody you played to Earth that wasn't future got swept away, you know, yeah. every turn. And and. Uh, there was a version where you could play it to any fed mission and that the board broke that again. And there was shenanigans with the Maquis that was part of the reason we, we changed Cal Hudson. There were other reasons, but, but that was part of the reason we changed him. And it ended up back to no headquarters and then it ended up with the Voyager stuff. And then that was a pair that people were using. And I like it. I, I mean, I, I always have that worry in the back of my head that somebody's going to break something. We have really good testers. We have really good people who look at these expansions, and it may again it it may end up breaking, and in a year we might be getting crow. But I'm really happy that that I was able to understand what Brad wanted when he wrote these guys and deliver on his idea in a way that he was happy with. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually excited. I really. We should. We should place a wager on how many relativity decks will be played next weekend. What do you, What do you think? I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet a lot. I'll, I'll bet everybody's gonna. I'll bet everybody's gonna play it, trying to fish for a release achievement. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. But uh, <laughs> all right. So matter of time is now available, uh, free for download for everybody. Fifty four new cards for second edition with uh, past, present, and future mechanics. Um. Mark, thanks for being on the show. Um, uh, what are your final thoughts on working on Matter of Time and the design process and what you learned? Could have used more equipment. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great times. Can't wait to work on another expansion. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that you will have that chance because it was an absolute pleasure to work with you and the expansion is better for it. So, 
Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks again to Mark, my guest, and we will see you in the future. Number and type of ships, Mr. Crusher. Three cavort class battle cruisers, sir. They're not even traveling to cloak themselves. I shouldn't be so confident after the pasting we gave them on Archer 4. Attention, all hands. As you know, we could outrun the Klingon vessels, but we must protect the Enterprise C until she enters the temporal rift. And we must succeed. Let's make sure history never forgets the name Enterprise. Got out. Are you enthusiastic about playing and promoting the Star Trek CCG? Then join the Continuing Committee's Ambassador Program. Let me talk to them. I'm sure I'm more articulate than that. Send an email to flrazor at me.com or send a PM to flrazor on the message boards. Luasana Troy, a daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, heir of the holy rings of Medeset. We're always looking for new people to join the group. We're especially looking for new ambassadors in the South Central United States. Full ambassadorial status. Looks like it's back in that dress uniform. So send a message off to us today. Live long and prosper.